This is the Data Privacy Detective. Today, we're going to talk about backup and what that means in the world of data and uh, as to uh, your personal data and, for that matter, company data, data in general. And we couldn't have a better person to talk with about this than someone that sometimes is called Mr. Backup. This is uh, W. Curtis Preston. Curtis, thanks for joining me today. Always happy to talk about my favorite subject. Now, you have your own podcast series, fascinating one called Restore It All, really all about what backup is. And if you really want to get into depth about this, sign up for Restore It All as a podcast. You've written four books on the topic. Uh, Curtis, you've been involved in this many years. And your most recent book came out just in 2021, Modern Data Protection. So tell us, please, help, help us understand, those of us who are not in the backup business, what is it and, and what's its role in protecting data? Well, I mean, a backup is essentially a copy of the data that you make in order to <clears throat> bring the data back when, when something goes bad, right? Um, which differentiates it from an archive, which is something very different. Uh, just real quick, an archive is more along the lines of think of those cold files from cases from you know 10 years ago that you keep somewhere in a warehouse that's an archive maybe sitting uh, in iron backup. mountain if what's that an hard maybe an iron yes mountain, yes if, if, if it's a hard copy you're talking yeah. about it that's yeah. an archive that that's sort of something that you you stash away and honestly you hope you never History. have to go back to history but, a, but a, we, yeah we but want. a backup yeah. is yeah. a backup is really something that you're going to go, you're going to restore your data to yesterday, typically, right? You're going to go back to either the, the most recent day, or you might want to restore prior to something like a ransomware attack. So, well, and they're on the increase, as we all know. And, uh, yeah. uh, and in ransomware, you have not only the immediate challenge of getting back in business if you're a company, uh, you know, you need your backup data even to start doing that, but but also there's that exfiltration risk. And you, do you want to touch on that briefly? Yeah, so one of the concerns that we have with backups today, so there is the, the exfiltration can happen one of two ways. It can either happen from the primary data, right? The, 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 the file server, the database, wh whatever it is that you have, that, that you actually run your business off of. And if that data is exfiltrated, honestly, there's not much that a backup system can do to help you because it's already been stolen, right? It's kind of That's an extra not, backup yeah. system, but this time it's owned by criminals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 and, so, and so that's why you, you need to protect the data from that as well. I think the only way... To, to do there, there's a couple of different products that are aiming at that space but in general the only way to protect from that is to monitor exfiltration of data right right monitor the amount of data that leaves where you store your data whether that be the data center or the cloud and you need to apply something like AI or machine learning to that it watches for patterns and then it sees hey, Suddenly, there's a whole bunch of data that's leaving that didn't used to leave, right? And so you 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 notice a trend, you shut down. There's some other things that you could do on the front end. On the back end, the way that you present you 
prevent exfiltration of data from the backup system, which is another attack point. Let me interrupt there, because once you create a backup system, whether it's in the cloud or however you do it, Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. now you've got two points of vulnerability for for a bad guy to to get into. That's what you're saying. Go ahead. Correct. And, And... Unfortunately, so I've been in the backup business, you know, for longer than some of the folks listening have been alive, right? I've been around for a while. And one thing has remained constant, and that's that no one wants to be the backup person, right? It's it's a junior position often given to the the new the new person, right? And the reason why I bring that up is they're often rather junior in terms of their knowledge of security and and privacy and all of these things, these are things they learn over time. They don't necessarily learn it on day one, which means that they're often designing, building and running a backup system without keeping the proper focus on security and privacy that perhaps they should have. As a result, the backup system, not only is it a second vulnerability point, and an attack surface, it is quite often a very juicy one, right? Yeah, uh, that, that so, there's yeah. actually a, a there's a, the, the Conti ransomware group, had, which is C-O-N-T-I. There was some, artic- some articles that came out last year about how that they specifically are targeting backups. They go straight for the backups rather than go for the- weakness rather than a strength. Right, right. And right, so well, they they, no. they exfiltrate the backups, and then they, so so you have to protect from that. You have to secure the backups, you know, in in a number of ways, you know, that we could we could talk about. Right. But, well, now, what, now one of your roles is you are the chief technical evangelist. That's the title of Druva. That's D R U V A, uh, one of the leading companies in the backup space. Uh, uh, when you when you look for a good service, so how does Druva handle backup to protect data? In two ways. One, when it's in flight, getting to to Druva. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And secondly, as it's stored, either within the business or within Druva. Absolutely. So we are a data, you know, data resiliency as a service company, right? This is all we do. So we do backup, recovery, long-term storage, e-discovery, a number of things that are, you know, that are sort of bundled together. And the way we do it is, Every piece of data is encrypted in flight before it's sent out of your environment. And then uh, we also do something called deduplication, which is, uh, you know, it's a very technical thing, but suffice it to say that we, we chop your data up into little pieces and we look at each piece and we look for new unique pieces of data. And what that does is it drastically lowers the amount of data we have to send across the the network to do your backup, right? So we don't do if you're if anyone's familiar with backups at all. That there are two kinds of backups. There's a full backup, which is everything, and there's an incremental backup, which is just what's changed. Ours is what's called a a a, a deduplicated incremental backup, which means that we're we're only chain we're only sending the smallest possible piece that we could send. But once we've identified that we call a chunk of data is a very small, it's a piece of a file. It's not a file. So the data that's being sent is actually already kind of, uh, we'll use the term obfuscated mm. because it's already been sliced and diced. If somebody pulled it out of the, 
out of the internet, they would just be getting a small piece of something, not an actual file. Right. Number one. Uh, Number two. Obfuscation here, as you mentioned, is a good thing in this space rather than something. Yes, in good thing. Yes. And and the uh, and then it's even then though we encrypt it uh, using SSL. Uh, that's the, the way web traffic is encrypted. And right. then on the other end, we then encrypt it with military grade encryption. It's something called AES 256. It's about as good as it gets these days when it is stored and right. it is stored. Uh, and then it's protected in a number of other ways in that the data is stored in our account using the best practices that we've established, you know, over being in the business for over 10 years Using a, our service runs in AWS, so that's Amazon Web Services. Mm-hmm. So we use their best practices, our best practices, and secure your data as far from the attack service as possible, so that your backups not only do they not become an attack service, they if you have something that happens in your primary environment, it can't boil over into your backups because it has been what we call in the backup business air gapped. Uh, which okay. just means literally that you put a gap between. Right. A and, and one B. of the things that was so interesting talking to you in preparation for this, the, the phrase regular expression, this is quite interesting. It's really the, the use of AI or artificial intelligence in relation to, to this business. And just can you talk a little bit about that? Take, for example, social security numbers, which obviously are very sensitive personal information uh, uh, zeros and ones. So what what does regular expression mean in this uh, business? Yeah, it's funny that that you did sort of latch onto that when we were talking about the this uh, prior to this call. The, when you are backing up data that it, that comes especially from what in IT we call the end user, which is like the the actual like in your case, you are an end user of your computer. You are the final user, right? So you're creating spreadsheets, you're creating, you know, Word documents. And your company should have a policy that says that things like social security numbers should not be in any of those documents, right? Um, birth dates should not be in any of those documents. Right, unless some clerks at court that, around the country got in big trouble for this because they would put whatever yeah. came into the courthouse itself and they had social security Exactly. Numbers. If they don't do that, exactly. this, they got in bed. That's an example of the trouble one can get into. Yeah. Exactly. And so you you establish that policy, you specify. And again, this policy could be, there could be all sorts of other things, right? right. Uh, we don't reference a person's um, sexual preference or something like that, right? right. Uh, that doesn't go that we might store something like that, but or social security numbers, but that goes in a very special, very protected area. It doesn't go in a spreadsheet on your right. on your desktop. Well, we happen to back up desktops and we happen to back up things like Microsoft 365 and, mm-hmm. and G Suite, right? And what we do is you can apply a filter on the front end, and we use what the IT world calls a regular expression. A regular expression is something like number, 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 dash, number, number, dash, number, 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 number. Well, that regular expression would catch a social security number. If, right. if that regular expression matched something in your document, there's a very good possibility that you have a document that has social security numbers in it. 
you told us you don't want to back up social security numbers. So we flag that. We tell the administrator, hey, um, you know, Steve seems to have a spreadsheet with a whole bunch of social security numbers in it. We're not going to back it up. And you might want to go talk to Steve. Right. right. And uh, so, yeah. So on, on the front end, we can do a we can help you comply with regulations by ensuring that certain phrases or certain strings of data don't get stored in your backups. So there's an example of how backup isn't just backup. It's also good. Uh, I, I hate to call it advice, but it's really what it is to businesses, universities, uh, government, whoever it may be. The wait a minute here. Here's one way you can protect your own data whether or not you back it up and, and careful about it. And of course, that then gets into uh, every, almost every country's approach now. There's some amount of, uh, whether you have the broad scale uh, protection of uh, personal data, like the European Union, uh, where some right. sensitive data requires real uh, separate kind of uh, protection, or the US approach, which has no overall comprehensive law, but we sure do for medical and we do for financial in the sector. So either way- well, and we do have- yeah, but well, we do have states that have laws that are fashioned after the GDPR. I happen to live in one of them, uh, the exactly. California Consumer California. Privacy Act. Absolutely. Yeah, CCPA is is very similar to uh, the GDPR. Uh, it actually, in some cases, uh, went farther than the GDPR, where right. you it def it defines a a data entity, a household as a data entity yeah. that is to be protected in addition to the people in that house. Right. So, um, so yeah, sensitive you, data, this is something that mm -hmm. can be adjusted from less sensitive data that's still important. Let's say proprietary data of a company that may not be a super secret. Well, let me let right. me ask you about another phrase in the business that we all should really understand, and that's immutability. What, what, what does mm -hmm. that mean in this, uh, business we're talking about? Well, like, you know, like everything else in backup and recovery, except for maybe the word deduplication, it, it's a word that exists outside of the world, <laughs> outside of the backup yep. world. Immutable just means cannot be changed. In the backup world, and, and also the our, our, the archive and e-discovery world, right? So you, you may be storing, in fact, it, it may even be more important in the uh, the legal world where- Well, confidentiality the, the, uh, orders by courts have to be observed, for example. Yeah, well, Absolutely. well yeah. what the reason why I'm talking about immutability in the sense of the legal context is that if you store a document in, you know, in some sort of electronic storage system, and then you're presenting that document as evidence in a case, you want to be able to prove, you know, chain of custody. You also right. want to be able to say this thing that I'm presenting in court as a piece of evidence is exactly the same as the thing I was given seven years ago. Right. right. And immutability is a feature that makes that happen. You you have a, syst a storage system that says we have a storage system with immutability we can therefore certify that this thing that they gave us seven years ago is the thing is, is the same as the thing that you're giving them there in the backup system where this really comes into play is it, obviously when you do a larger store, you want to make or a smaller store, you want to make sure that the, the files and databases and servers that you're putting back are the same as the ones as <laughs> when you back them up. And so th the way that that happens is what we call immutability, which means that 
the backup system or service in our case is ensuring that the data once stored isn't changed. And that it could be changed and that can be changed via a number of ways. There is actually something called bit rot, which we don't really have any time to go into, but basically the the little ones and zeros can literally flip on themselves over well, time. That's one. Or somebody can yeah. hack and uh, change the image of a person. Or well, that's what, what I was going to say. That yeah, a exactly. hacker, yeah. right? A hacker is right. a chain. Uh, sure. uh, the other is like something like ransomware attacking right. your system. That's where you. That's where immutability has really become super popular because if a ransomware attack happens on your primary environment, you want to make sure that it doesn't also uh, attack your, your backup environment. Very good. But let me ask you about data localization. We see uh, countries mm-hmm. from China to Russia to India to other places, not every country, but saying you've got to store your data within our boundaries as though data right. were subject to citizenship or something. All it is in a way is a zeros and ones in a digital world right. and it flows all over the place. But how does a backup provider help a company and help itself comply with these emerging data localization laws that uh, have to do with whether you're exporting across a territorial border and whether you're storing data where outside of where it ought to be. How do you approach that? So we run in AWS and AWS is in a number of countries, right? And basically we give the customer the choice to select which AWS region, which dictates what country that region is located, we, they get the choice of which region to go to. And um, they choose, they would choose the region that is within the borders that they specify. Now, in, in an area like EU, the it it's probably just going to be within the EU. It's not going to be necessarily their country. AWS doesn't have a region in every country. Well, and it's a so-called common market. So if you're in one right, country, you're right. in the EU. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. But but there's one in England. There's one in, uh, you know, There's there are multiple ones in other other continents. Of course, Britain and, doesn't help um, anymore for the EU, but <laughs> yeah, elsewhere yeah. Well, they the have their own, they have their own region, so they have good. their own rules. Absolutely. So that's you have to be a little careful then. And the it's not that the backup provider is uh, responsible for the company's business overall, but it, it's a way to coordinate and be sure that uh, as best uh, together you can that uh, compliance is occurring with uh, data localization laws. Let me ask you: We could talk a much longer time, but instead. I maybe just listen to your podcast series. It's fascinating, Curtis. But let me ask you one last one. We talk mainly about businesses that have huge databases. Mm-hmm. To be a business that's working, you, you you really have to have backup for the reasons you described. How about individuals? What type of backup should individuals consider for their personal data? This is an easy one for me, and uh, I'll I'll just I'll preface it by saying Druva does not does not have a B2C business, right? We're a B2B service. Having said that, they should be using a service like Druva, just not Druva because we don't have that particular market. They, I, I think the, the that the an individual end user at home personal data should not be trying to tackle the complicated world of backup at all other than installing an agent on their laptop or desktop or, you know, their iPhone and backing that up to a cloud service provider. There are a number of them 
out there. Um, you know, they're, they're not all created the same, take a look at them. Um, and, uh, you know, one recent one, uh, Backblaze, Backblaze just had an IPO a few months ago. And, um, the, unfortunately just before the, the downturn of the stock markets, I don't know how that went for them, but they, they, for an example, are a service that, that targets to, to the consumer as well. And, uh, not an extraordinary cost, I understand. Right. But yeah. something to shop around, explore, and, and and maybe your advice would be don't back up everything. Just back up what's really important and sensitive, and you wouldn't know how to. Exactly. Uh, you know, back up your it, documents, it, folder, your pictures. Down, whatever. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. That sort of stuff. And, you know, it, this is something that that is going to be less expensive uh, probably than, you know, one of the streaming services that you currently pay for. Anyway. It's, it's yeah. going to be a few dollars a month. Maybe and as it, much as 10 or so, but, you know. And this helps uh, an individual really think, well, what what are my personal data? Is at risk on my own home PC or my family PC and and system? And, and what do I really need a backup of? Because uh, individuals actually were the first uh, targets of, uh, of ransomware providers. Send exactly. us $350 and, or we got your, you know, we've frozen to your computer. Of course, they've moved on to the where the money is, businesses and governments. But uh, there exactly. we are. Any, but, any last tips for individuals in this space? No, just the same. Basically, it's the same advice I give to companies, which is don't have an on-prem backup system, right? Don't, in, in the case of a user, that means a, a, a portable disk drive that they're backing up because then you have to, you, you have two choices. Do you, do you want to keep that right next to your laptop, which means it'll put up in the fire along with your laptop, or do you want to bring it with you somewhere? Where are you going to take it? How are you going to manage that? How are you going to make sure you bring it back when it's time to do the backup again? So it's so much easier to do a backup as a service, just like what Druva does for businesses. It's so much easier for somebody to do that for their own data at home. Curtis, if, if listeners uh, want to learn more about this subject, are there resources out there that are uh, available to them? Absolutely. So th- my book, Modern Data Protection, uh, is a great resource, I think, to learn all of this stuff. Uh, it's an O'Reilly book. So people know that it's a you know it's a solid resource. Druva has actually decided to sponsor my book and they're giving it away free for anybody that uh, signs up. So if you just go to druva.com slash podcast and you'll be able to get a free ebook copy of my book. Great offer. Thank you. Well, this has been a great introduction to what backup really means, uh, both in the private uh, and personal information protection business, but also generally for all data. Uh, uh, just thank you so much for taking us on this tour. And as always, I will remind us all, protecting your personal data begins with you. <laughs>